0: lending is a risk business. It doesn't matter whether you're fully secured with a CD. There's some level of risk there, just like there is in real estate, just like there are in accounts receivable, just like there is in energy. You just have to understand and mitigate that risk to the best you can using both your human experience and your technology to augment that.
1: listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights Series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show.
2: Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay, and welcome to episode 281 of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome Gary Lewis to the show. Gary is the Managing Director of Lending and Deposit Solutions at Jack Henry, a technology provider serving community and regional financial brands with a wide offering of capabilities. Over the last decade, Gary has guided financial brands to develop and implement lending strategies, which is exactly what we're going to be discussing today to empower you, to guide you, dear listener, on your journey of growth at your bank, at your credit union, or at your fintech. Welcome to the show, Gary. It is good to share time with you today.
0: Thank you, sir. I am happy to be here. Looking forward to it.
2: Before we get into talking about some of the biggest loan growth opportunities for financial brands, especially in a different type of an environment right now, what is good in your world? What is positive personally or professionally? It is your pick to get started.
0: Uh, Personally is always easier. So uh, I am born and raised in Missouri. So I am a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan and we just won the Super Bowl. So I'm in a darn good mood. And again, personally, it's my daughter's birthday today on Valentine's Day, and uh, she delivered my very first grandson. So I'm a new grandfather and a Super Bowl champion. So my world is pretty solid right now.
2: Your world is absolutely solid on all these different fronts. Congratulations to you, to your daughter and to your team. Um, A lot of positive perspectives going on for sure. Now, it is no secret there has been a market shift over the past few months with many financial brands transforming their focus from lending to now wanting to acquire even more deposits. But that does not mean that there are still not opportunities for financial brands to grow their loan portfolios. And before we get too far ahead into what some of these opportunities might be, what do you see as some of the biggest lending trends that that you're tracking, to provide the dear listener with some perspective on their own journey of growth.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that continues to be at the forefront is the digital transformation of of banking in yeah. general, but you know, financial institution uh, transformation and lending is a big part of that. Lending is the uh, the last of those items to really digitize because of the complexity of lending, um, commercial lending especially, but uh, you know, the, the combination of uh, human expertise, tribal knowledge, all those things in conjunction with technology that's available today is, is what most financial institutions are embracing and struggling at the same time. It, it's not an easy transition.
2: I like the way that you have framed this, that idea of human expertise embracing, but also struggling where, where do you see, and what are you hearing? Some of the biggest struggles and the biggest challenges that, that they're confronted with, that they're facing, that they're fighting right now when it comes to this transformation.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I think it's a little bit generational. Um, uh, you know, I've been in, in the financial industry, uh, my entire professional career. Uh, spanning you know, roughly 30 years, um, and I came up on the, the lending side of, of a large organization. And that, that knowledge that comes with, with credit analysis, with, with risk management, with understanding who is and who is not a good credit risk, the culture of that uh, in, inside an institution, you know, so much of that for all the years has been embedded in the people of yeah. the organization and as those senior people retire move on etc you know they're replaced with a, a a younger fresher version that may not have all that experience so the 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 struggle is how do you how do you extract that knowledge that experience and and automate some of that that the that the new wave of uh, associates want to be a part of i mean hey it's kind of like the old green screens versus your your new uh smartphone right you know i, I don't want to go through the old five c's of credit i want to use automation ai etc to tell me what the answer is i you know bigger better stronger faster yes. that's that's i think the internal struggle culture versus automation
2: ooh culture versus automation. I I, want to maybe dive into just a personal anecdote or a personal perspective for you here, because like you said, you're bringing 30 plus years of experience. And if you think back on just your own journey of growth, you've seen a lot, you've learned a lot, but it sounds like you've also have transformed a lot yourself personally um, along the way. And when you think about the idea of transformation culture, um, I always speak and write about the three transformations. Um, and a lot of times transformation happens at an organizational level and that gets pushed into a team level and then from a team to the individual. And that's where the conflict lies. And so if we reverse engineer that and we empower individuals to transform themselves, you then transform teams and then as a result, you then transform organizations. Thinking about your own experience, how have you continuously have transformed yourself, transformed your perspective over the past 30 plus years considering where we're at today?
0: When I was coming up through the ranks, uh, you know, getting my credit, knowledge, experience, et cetera, you know, I, kinda, I kinda was taught that, that credit is an art, not a sign. Mm. It's an art. Right. It's something that, you know, yeah, you use data points, but but there's really an art piece to it. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if you jump all the way to the other end of the, the spectrum, there are technologies out there. There are companies out there that take all the art out of it completely. And it is 100 percent data driven science. Mm-hmm. And and I think the happy place we all need to figure out how to live is to bring some art to the science. Um, I don't think either of them are perfect. Uh, With art comes, uh, it's not fast, you know, you you don't, you don't paint a picture fast, right? Um, But with science, it may be fast, but it may have its own inherent bias in it based on the data points you're, you're using. So you have to bring some art to that as well to interpret data, not just rely upon data.
2: There's the stories or the narrative that go exactly. behind the scenes. And I, I appreciate that because the story and the narrative, that's the human side of things. But then, as you mentioned before, in addition to the cultural, you also have the automation piece of this. And what one of the opportunities that I continue to think about and write about and speak about is, is framed around maximizing future growth through niche, through niche opportunities. Put another way go small to grow big, which I think is, is counterintuitive for, for many experienced financial brand leaders and, and lenders. Why is that? You know, the, the, what, what might be a misconception around maximizing future growth through niche lending opportunities that you would provide a different perspective around?
0: Okay. So you and I have never met before today, but I can tell you we are 100% in alignment on niche lending. I think it is a great opportunity. And um, you know, one thing I would, would always recommend to anyone trying to to figure out how to grow is start with a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, don't grow for the sake of growing, don't grow by what you may see out your window, develop a plan. Yeah. And to do niche lending, you have to have a plan because you are identifying a specific area that maybe you have greater access to because of your geography. Mm-hmm. or you have greater exposure to because of the subject matter expertise in your institution or a market-driven uh, a niche. But, you know, there there are a lot of niches out there, and we can get into some, you know, uh, staying away from the morality side of things, you know, looking at whether it's cannabis-type lending or green technology lending or, you know, on and on and on. Those are all specific Types of niche energy, you know, yes. if you, you based on geography, energy lending in certain parts of the country is huge. Based on geography, uh, recreational tourism resort is is a huge niche industry, right? Uh, automobiles, uh, manufacturing, you know, all of those, if defined properly, become your niche, become your specialty, yeah. and helps you as a financial institution. Uh, Compete better with your competition because you're focusing your effort in an area of expertise.
2: Like you said, morality kind of aside, because I know that there might be a hot button topic for some, but there are other verticals too. I think about one credit union CEO I was recently having a conversation with. She sees an opportunity in Horse trailers. Uh, I think of another yeah. one who is looking at the healthcare and the physician side of things, but it's almost a niche within a niche because it's not just any physician; it's the dental um, side mm-hmm. of things. And and you you tapped into something that is the premise of my third book that I will write after I get my second book into the market. I I touched on the idea of niche opportunities. My first being banking on digital growth. And then I, what I'm finding is for organizations to capture that opportunity is requiring them to think different, to go through transform, transformative experiences with the self, with the team, with the organization. So that's where banking on change comes into play. But then my third book is going to be titled Banking on Expertise because you just shared that perspective around niche lending opportunities and expertise within the marketplace as a – as a source of differentiation, as a source of positioning, would you mind diving deeper into where expertise can help an organization, can help a lender position differently in the marketplace to rise above quote unquote commoditization?
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll, if it's okay, I'll use the energy space as sure. as my example to build upon, but sure. you know, that is, that's a feast or famine industry. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, it's either gung-ho, wide open, or it's completely shut down. You know, and and very rarely is it sitting in the middle. It's either moving up or moving down. Mm. Um, That creates volatility, which to tie back to culture, scares a lot of financial institutions. However, if you can bring the subject matter expertise in to understand how the industry works, to understand that there's money to be made on both ends of that, and that you know you're always in a state of flux, either a rising environment or a declining environment, you can mitigate your risk, you can understand how the markets work, you can understand how the demand works, you can watch the futures, you can watch all those things, and you can balance your risk against the resultant profitability of an energy-type portfolio. I think you gotta do a couple of things. You gotta have that, like I said, tribal knowledge, you gotta have that culture inside your institution that usually comes from people that have direct experience in that niche. Mm. But you also have to use technology. You can't do it all yourself, right? So understanding what technology is available that's built around that industry, in this case, energy, to help you understand and manage that risk. It's all about risk management. No matter what niche you get into, if you have a bad experience, if you experience a loss, you know, you're gonna really go back and say, do I really need to do this? Yeah. And and the key comes in risk management and understanding and expecting that you know lending is a risk business. It doesn't matter whether you're fully secured with a CD. There's some level of risk there, just like there is in real estate, just like there are in accounts receivable, just like there is in energy. You just have to understand and mitigate that risk to the best you can using both your human experience and your technology to augment that.
1: Just like people feel stressed about money, we understand digital growth can also feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. But it doesn't have to feel this way for you because you can join the Digital Growth University to gain clarity through education, to overcome the fear of the unknown. Build your team's courage with a growth strategy to eliminate the fear of change and increase your confidence with coaching to remove the fear of failure. Visit digitalgrowth.com university to apply.
2: There's that art and science perspective exactly. bubbling up once again. You know, In addition to, I would say, maximizing loan portfolio growth through niche opportunities, another topic that I am very personally passionate about as an entrepreneur is framed around empowering financial brands, community organizations to level up and maximize the future growth potential of small to mid-sized businesses within their local communities. Um, now, I know that this is an area that that you've been studying as well um, to learn where where there could be opportunities for loan growth, more specifically rooted in the consumer or the retail account that might specifically identify. As a small business and not a retail or a consumer account, what what might be some of the insights that you're gaining through this area of focus? And once again, it could be even just a niche perspective here.
0: Yeah, so PPP is where I'm going to go with that. So the PPP um, process, that program uh, that was pushed forward during the the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, just everybody's forgotten already how how traumatic the pandemic was for the financial industry. And literally, our uh, federal government went on TV and said, go see your bank tomorrow, put your application in for PPP and get your money. I mean, that's literally what they said. And we forget that when that announcement was made, there was not a single electronic media available to do exactly what they just told every small business owner to do. It didn't exist. Digital applications, all that stuff. None of it was there, right? Right. Right. So we had to scramble as an industry and put together mechanisms. By the way, there was nobody in the branches that they just sent people to. They were all sitting at home, right? Right. So, I mean, they, they created this massive, I don't want to say panic, but this massive push of of demand for digital services that didn't exist. That's one thing. What it taught the financial institution was they didn't really understand who their customer base was.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Right, so they had all of these consumer customers, they had all these consumer checking accounts, et cetera, and all of a sudden they are slammed with thousands of small business applications and they're like, where did these people come from? These these are our customers? They didn't even know that they were borrowing money somewhere else or they were operating it as a sole prop or they were doing different things. And it really exposed their lack of knowledge of who their base was. So I, I, to me, that, that was the prime example of institutions needing to really be aware and start offering different channels, different communication, different services to those small businesses that were, were already embedded in their client base.
2: There was a report from Intuit that came out and predicted that 5.6 million small businesses will continuously be created. A lot of this is coming out of the pandemic year over year. And of course, they're going to be sole proprietorships to begin right. with. And that's where I think there's a maybe a, a, a lack of clarity, uh, perhaps even some confusion into how to identify these accounts. If you look at future lending opportunities you know to to take a small business from sole proprietorship to maybe small business with a few employees to then now we're leveling up leveling up leveling leveling up where are there opportunities for a lender to really think about to uncover these growth opportunities that just might not be clear at at a surface level
0: yeah so i think there's a I think there's a couple of opportunities there. I mean, it, it's hard to, I mean, you take an older guy like me that, you know, literally we used to call down the client list, right? Physically yep. making phone calls and that sort of stuff. And I, I just can't imagine that's happening in today's world, right? Everything is digital engagement in, in some form or another. So I think for a financial institution, so it's hard for me to get it to a lender level, I guess is what I'm i am saying. Sure. I think more of it as at an institution level. Yeah. And I think it's really important that they establish their digital brand because it's just like, uh, I mean, there's a reason Amazon is as big as Amazon is, right? It's super easy to buy. It's super easy to find, super easy to buy, super easy to return. Mm -hmm. And once you get that pipe, that pipeline in place, then it doesn't matter what you want to push through the pipe, right? You've got that brand loyalty at Amazon and they can, you can buy anything on Amazon now. Well, I think you're, your financial institution brand becomes the same. So once you get a quality digital engagement with your client base, then it becomes that pipe or that that tunnel you're pushing other things through, and that's when you then expose folks to, you know, here's how we do digital checking, here's how we do small business loans, here's how, and you even become more uh, proactive by predicting need in advance and saying, look, you know, I, I can see you got good credit. I can see you got good balances. I'm going to throw you a 15 or $20,000 line of credit out there. Is that something you could use? Yes or no? Click yes. Here's your electronic signature sign it. Now you have a small credit line and that's going to give you capacity to grow your small business.
2: And and that is taking a proactive stance in the lives of these small business owners, yeah. which I think so many of them want that. Back to the point we were making before: that guidance, that expertise. And I'm going to level up, if 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 you don't mind, some of your thinking here because you're talking about you know the 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 digital brand positioning um, at a at a almost a corporate level, but but that trickles down actually to I, th- I think opportunities for a modern day lender leader. Um, and, and you're actually involved in some of this right now because we're having this conversation. You're transferring your knowledge, your expertise, your wisdom to educate and help others. I see that there's an opportunity specifically at a local market level for a lender um, to, to build a a personal digital brand. And I've interviewed some of them on this podcast that are already doing this. I would say it's almost like the, the top of the first inning in a baseball game, because there's just that lack of knowledge, that lack of expertise on how to do this. But back to your point, you used to call down the call list probably is not going to happen anymore. But if you're making these connections at a local market level, as a lender with other business owners on LinkedIn, And you're not necessarily trying to sell them anything, but you're just sharing your knowledge and expertise. That's going to then naturally just come up in their feed when they're on LinkedIn or another social media platform. And so you're you're slowly making these positive deposits into their trust fund that sits between their ears that the whole game begins to shift. What's your take on that, and, and and where might there either, A, be opportunities for a lender knowing what you know um, through your own experiences to, to to create or capture, or B, what could be some potential roadblocks that just, uh, that's not for me, I, I I can't do that? And I think it's almost a, a, a limiting self-belief of how to maximize, maximize loan growth as a lender through a digital-first approach.
0: Yeah, so I, I would start, I know this is a podcast, you can't say it, but I would start with this, right? I I just held up my phone, but we're all consumers yeah. first, right? Forget what I do for a living. Forget what you do for a living. You're a consumer first. And if you want to be a successful professional in the financial institution space, in my opinion, you have to replicate what you as an individual want. Mm -hmm. You don't... I don't know very many people anymore that spend their Saturday going from car lot to car lot to car lot, <laughs> lot looking and driving at vehicles. They, they research, they determine what they want, they find what they want, and they go buy it. Yep. They don't shop anymore. And I think the same thing can be replicated at that individual level. I think you have to start at that very base foundation of – Create your brand in the image of what you want yeah. and how you operate. Because number one, it's going to be the most comfortable thing for you because it's in your space. Right. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to be somebody that a con- no offense, but a consultant or somebody told you you need to look like this. You need right. to you need to be who you are. That's be what makes you, you an individual, yes. right? But be you again with a digital brand. Because that's, that's how we all do business these days. We, you and I are on a, on a podcast right now talking about this. This is just how we do business. So build who you are, build your brand and that image, and then identify the things that your institution is, has as is unique. What do you have that other people don't? And if you can't answer that question, it's the first thing you need to do figure it out. And if you don't have anything, go find something that makes you unique. That's back to our niche discussion. What can make you unique that you can push through that pipe using your digital brand, your digital credibility to get people's attention and just file that, as you said, in the back of their mind for future reference?
2: as you're talking through, I think of just because the the big thing was, who else is doing this? Who can I learn from? Who can I gain some inspiration from? There's Greg Martin um, that's been on the podcast. There's Paul Long um, at a credit union. There's Patty Asai uh, from a community bank out in the Los Angeles area. I I think, and, and, and this is a woman as a commercial lender because back to your point about commercial lending is kind of being the 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 slow piece to transform here but she is leveraging as a commercial lender TikTok and LinkedIn i mean she almost has a million a million followers as an individual on TikTok it's unbelievable And it's taken her about two, two and a half years and a commitment and consistency to get to this point. But I think just like in the past, there was a commitment and consistency to go down a call list, to go to the chambers of commerce meetings. We're just transforming how we connect with people and that will require us, back to what you were sharing earlier, transform our mindsets as individuals, as teams, as organizations going forward into the future, but get really, really clear, which really connects back to the point around niche lending. If if we start to wrap up here, I always like to to, to send the dear listener off with something practical that can guide them forward, make a a small step in the right direction to move them from point A to point B because all future growth begins with a small and simple step today because a lot of what we're talking about is more larger, massive, transformative initiatives to maximize loan portfolio growth. What's one thing that they can do today? Something small, something simple to just take a small step forward. Uh,
0: To to me, the very first thing you have to do is the, is the root of putting together a plan. And that is, that is either identifying a need that is not being met in your market Mm. or identify something unique that your institution has that stands it apart. And and I'm going to say this and it's, it's offensive every time I say it, customer service is not unique. It is not unique. And I can promise you every financial institution I I call on when I say what makes you different and they say our customer service is better, I ask the question, do you think your competitor down the street says theirs is bad? You all say the exact same thing. In today's society, customer service is not a significant differentiator. I'm sorry, it just is not. And, And we have to find something that is unique. We have to fill a void that's left by somebody else or we have to stimulate thought or stimulate an idea that no one else is doing that's what you have to do in my opinion to to build a base to start a plan
2: i agree with you 100 percent on that in fact that was the big thesis of my first book banking on digital growth um which provides a a path forward for financial brands who are all competing on the same and and i'm I'm quoting myself but the same quote-unquote great rates amazing service and commoditized laundry list of lookalike product features. This is how you rise above the commoditization. It's the knowledge, it's the expertise, it's all niche. So I agree with you a hundred percent on this, Gary, Gary, this has been a great conversation. If someone wants to continue the discussion that we've started here today, what's the best way for them to reach out, say hello and, and, and tap into your expertise.
0: Yeah, you bet. Uh, Gary Lewis at jackhenry.com. Uh, it's the easiest. I, uh, one thing I always have is an opinion. So uh, I am open to conversation. I love to learn. I love to learn from my clients. I love to learn from anybody that, that wants to push the envelope. I, I think we have to always be moving forward or we're being passed. So uh, uh, I'm open to any discussion. And I really appreciate the invitation from you to have this conversation today. Well, it
2: has been a good one, Gary. Connect with Gary, learn with Gary, grow with Gary. Gary, thanks for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been a lot of fun today.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you,
2: sir. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights, along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com slash insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.